you know, everywhere Jesus went, he would teach the word and then there would be a demonstration of that with which he taught. And I have to be honest, before I showed up this afternoon, I was at home and I'm busy praying and I'm just, you know, just screaming at the walls in the spirit. My poor neighbors, I have no idea what they think of the Cornell residents, but I'm telling you, they hear some strange things from through them walls. <laughs> but I felt no anointing. I felt nothing. And I'm going to be honest, not that the worship team did a bad job in any way, shape, or form. I think you guys did an amazing job, all of you. And it was beautiful. But I'm standing there in the front, and I'm worshiping, and I'm going, God, I know what you gave me for tonight. And Lord... I need your presence. God, I need an anointing. God, I need you to come in with the smoke of your glory. And it was like crickets in the realm of the spirit. And then we got to that last song. And it was just about everything I had to do to keep from just falling out on the ground. In the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus declared who he was, he says, I am. It says that all of the soldiers fell on the ground as of dead. When the glory would fill the temple, the, the, the priests would fall prostrate before them and were unable to fulfill their priestly duties because of the heaviness, because of the weight, because of the presence of the Lord. I don't know about you, but if I stick my finger in the socket on the wall, uh, something's going to happen. I can't experience and encounter the presence of God and not change. <sighs> now, let's bring a balance because the holy rollers and, you know, the shaken bakers, and I'm one of them, so I'm with you, brother and sister, okay? But we can get weird and wonderful about it, too. And just because you don't shake and bake or just because you don't fall on the ground doesn't necessarily mean you didn't have an encounter with God. But please don't judge the person who falls prostrate before their king when the presence, the weight, the heaviness, the glory of God is in a place. Is that okay? Can I get an Amen. So last year, and I'll eventually I'll get up there and open my laptop. Last year, me and my wife traveled around a little bit, and we went and visited some family up north. And in the process of traveling, we, we actually missed a Sunday or two here, which was really strange for us because I don't like missing church on Sundays. And in the event of us not being here, we said, you know what, let's go to some other churches while we were out traveling and on vacation. That's okay. I wasn't backslidden. I wasn't offended. I wasn't hurt. We were just on vacation. Can I get a good old-fashioned amen? And, and don't misunderstand me. The, the preachers were great. Wonderful. The, the churches that we visited were fantastic. Loving people. They love the Lord. There's, I have no negative thing to say about them. But how many of you know there's a difference when you're home? Mm. You know, you go into these churches and you visit them and you shundai, shundai, and you clap and you praise the Lord and it's a good word and you're real encouraged. But as soon as we stepped foot back in Vero Beach and we stepped through the doors at Oceans, it was like, I'm home. See, in Ephesians chapter 4, 
It talks about the Christ gifts, the apostle, the, the prophet, the teacher, the evangelist, and the pastor, the fivefold ministry, and how it's a, it's a Christ gift to the body for edifying and for encouraging. And so these gifts operate with a different anointing. The expression of the evangelist will look totally different and separate to the expression of the prophet. The expression of the apostle will look totally different to the expression of, the, say, the teacher. How many of you know the teacher will come up and get, give a very polished message and there will be an anointing to break apart the word and teach you the deeper things of the word of God in a very, a, a very profound way. How many of you know the evangelist comes in and shakes everything up, messes it all up for the pastor, and then runs away? <laughs> I don't know where Pastor Brian is. <laughs> you get what I'm saying. It's a joke. But you understand what I'm saying. There's a difference of an expression. When the prophet comes into town, it, it's, there's a difference of an expression. How many of you know, though, it takes all parts of the body for the body to function well? But the hand and the foot are different. So if the hand and the foot are different, and all of this comes from God anyways, for what purpose? To edify, to encourage, to grow the kingdom of God, to expand the kingdom of God. So if there is an anointing for the prophetic office, and there is an anointing for, say, the evangelist office, and there is an anointing for the pastoral office, that anointing is there to edify, to encourage, and to grow and expand the kingdom of God. Can I get an amen? But what happens when there is an anointing or, say, a covering that has a specific DNA. Tonight I want to talk to you about the corporate anointing. This isn't necessarily something that a lot of people touch and I don't know why and it's a shame. And this is, I would say, easier for me to minister because I'm not the senior man of this house. Pastor Alex is. But I'm also not ignorant, and I understand the anointing that is upon his life and a corporate anointing that flows from the top. It only takes you about three minutes being around Pastor Harold to understand that Pastor Harold is a prophet. And if Pastor Alex is Pastor Harold's spiritual son, there's something in the DNA. I need a little more help tonight. See, if it flows from the top and Pastor Harold has a prophetic anointing and there is a corporate prophetic anointing on Little Falls Christian Center and our pastor is not only a spiritual son, but he also couples himself and aligns himself and jumps in the flow of the river of the DNA of the fivefold ministry and fivefold ministries international, that means that there's a corporate hedge, a corporate anointing that flows from the top. So if it is available to Pastor Harold and available to Pastor Alex, Guess who else it's available to? Oh, come on. That's a good reason to get up and shout. See, you don't understand how lucky you are to be a part of Oceans Unite Christian Center. And if I do anything tonight, I come to help you, to encourage you, to understand and appreciate the corporate anointing that is upon this house. Oh, my God, I thank you. 
okay, I'm going to teach tonight. I'm not going to scream and shout. That was my one for the evening. Y'all keep me accountable. Let's go to 2 Chronicles chapter 5. And it came to pass when the priests came out of the most holy place, for all the priests who were present had sanctified themselves without keeping to their divisions. And I wish I had the time to break that apart because if you look at that, let me read it again. For all the priests who were present had sanctified themselves without keeping to their divisions. Okay, I'm going to keep going. I said I wasn't going to scream and shout, so we're just going to just... And the Levites who were singers... All those of Asaph and Heman and Jedithan with their sons and their brethren stood at the east end of the altar clothed in white linen, having cymbals and stringed instruments and harps, and with them 120 priests sounding with trumpets. Indeed, it came to pass when the trumpeteers and the singers were as one. Say with me, as one. There is a sound. And when a sound goes up of oneness, it causes a response from heaven. It said, when the singers and the instrumentalists, there's a sound. And when the piano matches with the vocals, and all of a sudden that with which is being played on the drums comes into alignment, there's something that takes place. It says the trumpeteers and the singers were as one to make one sound, to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and the cymbals and the instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good and his mercy endures forever, that the house, the house of the Lord, what is the house of the Lord? The church. Say it again. Say the church. So then that house, the church, was filled with a cloud. The church was filled with a cloud. Verse 14. So that the priests could not continue ministering because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. When God's manifest presence is on a place and in a place, the word likens it to a cloud. We live in South Florida, and I'm very practical, and so forgive me for my practicalness, but we have something certain times of the year called fog. Specifically in the spring of the year, of course, it's right in the peak of turkey season. Me and the big man upstairs going to have to have a conversation about this because navigating in fog is difficult at best. It's even worse when you're out in the middle of nowhere and you can't see anything in front of your face. Mm. 
when fog falls, fog is simply a cloud that is at a different atmospheric level than it was before. When fog falls to the earth, a cloud descends. When that cloud descends, I need you to stay with me. That cloud descends, and as that cloud gets down to our level, I'm subject to the cloud. Wait, 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 hold on. During turkey season, I drive through the cloud and I get to the boat ramp and I put the little boat in the water and it's pitch black because if you know anything about turkey hunting, turkey hunting and duck hunting are the same. You got to get up way earlier than you really should have to because they only, okay, anyways. You get the boat in the water and the whole drive to the boat ramp, I'm dry in my vehicle. But as soon as I get out of the vehicle and I get in the boat and I begin to drive through the cloud, again, the cloud that has descended to my level and I'm in my boat and I'm driving down the river and I'm making my way to my little turkey hunting spot. I was dry when I got out of the vehicle, but by the time I get to where I'm going, I'm completely drenched and I'm dripping because I have just now drove through something that is tangible, something that is transferable, something that is very real. When you get inside that cloud, sometimes it's a little difficult to see where you're going. <laughs> it clouds your judgments. And that with which you thought you could see in the natural, all of a sudden you can't see anymore because your vision gets a little blurred because now the only thing that matters is what is surrounding you understand that when I step out of my house and there is a cloud that has descended into my neighborhood and I walk to my mailbox to get my mail, I am subject to the cloud. Oh, but you know what else is subject to the cloud? My neighbor and my other neighbor and the other guy down the street. Because when there is a cloud resting in a place that has descended from a high place to a low place, everybody in its vicinity is subject to the cloud. Listen, that's good news for you who are praying for family members who aren't saved because there is a corporate anointing at Oceans Unite Christian Center so all you have to do is get them in the oh come on you gotta help me I said I wasn't gonna shout tonight you're not keeping me accountable see corporately when that cloud fills a place you have access to something that's really awesome because you can come and experience the cloud and the person that's next to you that doesn't even believe in God can also come and experience the cloud. We'll, we'll pull it apart. Is this okay? Is everybody all right? There's a corporate anointing. And it comes from oneness. Okay, let me give a little, I said I was supposed to teach tonight. 1 Corinthians 6 and 19 through 20 says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is within you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? 
For you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. But for why? Luke 4.18 gives us the answer. For the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, to recover and recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed. So we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We have been given the Holy Spirit as a very, very precious precious gift. We learned last Sunday with Pastor Alex that the veil has been torn, and so we have been given access. And for why? Luke 4.18 gives us the reason why. Is everyone with me so far? But Paul writes to his spiritual son Timothy in one, uh, 1 Timothy 3 that these things I write to you, though I hope to come to you shortly, but if I am delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of the truth. So we have access. The veil has been torn. We have been given access to the anointing, to the presence of God. But the word is also very clear through what we've just read from Paul, as well as there's other scriptures like do not neglect the gathering of the saints. So there's something very powerful about coming together as a corporate body. There's power in numbers. When are we going to start stepping up and becoming the spiritual majority instead of the spiritual minority? Come on, there's power in numbers. We'll get more into it. Don't worry. Acts 2. Let's look at the early church for just a moment. It says so, uh, I'm sorry, Acts 2 and 46. I apologize. Sometimes I get in a hurry and I don't allow people for page flipping. My greatest apologies. Acts 2 and 46. It says, so continuing daily with one accord in the temple. Everybody say one accord. In the temple. That sounds like the church. So there was oneness and unity within the church. And breaking bread from house to house. Boy, that sounds like you groups. Uh, our pastor is very wise. Can I get an amen? Everything he does is done with purpose. It looks like an example of the early church to me. This is my opinion. And they ate food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. There is power in numbers. And there was a one accord. There was a oneness in the spirit. There was a unity in the spirit. There was a corporate anointing on the early church. And the church was adding to the kingdom daily. I'll say this and I'll talk about it later. The early church also operated in rank and file. Okay, we'll, it's, we'll leave it for tonight. But there's great power in numbers when people lay down our differences and we lay down our different opinions because how many of you know every one of us has got a difference of opinion on something? And I promise you, even though there's a fair amount of us in this place tonight, and I believe that we're all one when it comes to being one in the spirit, I can almost guarantee that somebody will have a difference of doctrine with me. 
It's just a part of it because we, we get our own, uh, you know, our ambitions, we get our own emotions, we get our own theology, we get our own doctrine, we interpret the word a little bit different. But at some point, we've got to lay down our own opinion because my opinion doesn't isn't all that great and just learn to be in unity in the spirit. See, when you're in the spirit, you're in unity. We do corporate prayer meetings here at Oceans. And I love our corporate prayer meetings, Wednesdays and Saturdays. I love prayer. If you don't know, I love prayer. Love it. Absolutely love it. I don't miss a prayer meeting. Very, very seldom, unless I'm on vacation and out of state. I'm not saying that to make anybody feel bad. It's just I love it. I personally enjoy it. Deuteronomy 32 and 30 says that one will set a thousand to flight, but two will set. So there's power in numbers. But see, it comes down to being in the same accord, one accord, being in unity, being in the spirit. In the book of Acts, it says, you know, to wait, tarry in Jerusalem until you are endued with power. And then a little bit later on, it says that it says that they were in one place, in one accord, and then there was a sound as of a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the place. And then like 30 seconds later, Peter gives up and gives a really simple sermon, but it was anointed. <laughs> and then 3,000 were added to the church that day. But they were one accord. See, at the corporate prayer meetings here at Oceans, we pray in English for a very short amount of time. Can I be very blatant with you tonight? The English prayers really don't do near as much as what happens after the five-minute English prayer. One will set a thousand to flight, but two will set... So there's power in numbers. So when we get together, and I'll just use this as an example, if Pastor John prays for the nation, and then 30 seconds later, I pray for the nation as well, undoubtedly, he will pray differently to me. Is his prayer wrong? Absolutely not. Is his prayer any less powerful? Absolutely not. But it will be different because his expression is different to mine. Are you with me so far? So how then do me and him get in the same spirit and get in unity? I love Paul because Paul gives us the answer. It's okay, I won't quote it because all of you are saying it in your head even as of right now. But you have to understand, Jesus said, it is better that I go. It is to your advantage that I go. For if I would go, I will send you the helper. I will send you the parakletos. A little bit later on, he says that the, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, will make intercession for you and groanings that cannot be understood. And he will make intercession for you as you ought to pray. So immediately, my difference to say Pastor John's difference in English all of a sudden comes together as one when we begin to pray in the Spirit. So our five-minute prayer in English is really to get all of us focused on the same line of, okay, right, this next 20 minutes, I'm praying for our politicians, I'm praying for the economy, I'm praying for a revival in the United States, and now I'm going to turn and I'm really going to do damage in the realm of the Spirit. I'm really going to hit the enemy where it hurts because now I'm going to 
going to start praying in the spirit. My brother's going to start praying in spirit. Matter of fact, one will set a thousand to flight, two, ten thousand to flight. What happens when 150 or 250 all begin to come up with one sound? One sound goes up into the realm of the spirit. And then, and then, and then corporate prayer goes to a whole nother dimension. Let me prove it because some of you don't believe me. Acts 12. Now about that time, Acts 12 and 1. I'm sorry, I'm doing the thing again where I'm not giving anybody any time. <laughs> it's easy for me because I have it on my computer. I'm just, Acts 12 and 1. It says, now about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass the church. Then he killed James, the brother uh he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to, to seize Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread. So when he had arrested him, he put him in the prison and delivered him with four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after Passover. Seems a little excessive in my personal opinion for one guy who went... I mean, I guess it was Peter, so maybe he didn't necessarily go willing... <laughs> He has a track record of retaliating and cutting off ears. We're just going to assume he went willing. Amen. Four squads of soldiers to keep him. Verse 5. Peter was therefore kept in prison. But constant prayer was offered to God for him by the one individual intercessor at the church that feels that it is their personal given, God-given gift to just intercede and it's their, they have to cover the whole church all on their own. Constant prayer was offered to God for him by the... Somebody say a corporate anointing. See, this church was built on prayer, and I believe the thing that has allowed this church to persevere, to take dominion in the realm of the Spirit, and to be to whatever level of success it is right now, is because of the prayers that have taken place. And our pastor is passionate about prayer, and he's really passionate about corporate prayer because he understands something. There was constant prayer offered up to him by the church. See, somebody should be like screaming and shouting right now because if you came to our prayer meetings and saw the corporate prayer that goes out, you would understand. One will set 1,000 to flight. Two will set 10,000 to flight. Well, there was, I don't know, 150 people here this morning. I'm just ballparking it. And, 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 and not only was there a corporate anointing to begin to flow and to begin to take ground for the kingdom over our nation and over our state and over our city, but I remember some prayers going up for the body of Christ here at Oceans as well. See, there's a corporate covering, a corporate blessing, and a corporate protection that goes out when you join in. Ooh. 
Listen, the, the, the things of the Spirit are very much like a river. Can, is this okay? Can we just talk? Is this all right tonight? Are you guys getting something out of this? The things of the Spirit are very much like a river, and they flow. They flow. So you have a choice. You can go ankle deep. You can go knee deep. You can go waist deep. Or you can just barrel roll off into it and say, I'm going to go with the flow. You have to understand, though, that there will always be those who step off in the river with their arms crossed, and now they are no longer going with the flow, but they're actually slowing the flow, and they're being a hindrance to that with which should be flowing. Somebody say, jump in the river. See, there's a corporate anointing upon the house. I'll take it a step further and say there's a corporate prophetic anointing upon the house. Revelation chapter 9 and verse 10 in the B part says, For the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. That spirit is the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit lives with inside of me, that means I house a prophetic spirit. And if there's a prophetic spirit in me and I'm in the DNA of a corporate prophetic house, all of a sudden that gets me really excited. Have you ever noticed, and I'm just speaking off the heart because I've, I've recognized this in my own life. Is that okay? And I'll be at home and I'll be shundai, shundai and just hitting it with every anointed worship song that I can come up with. Be downstairs, honey, get on the piano. <laughs> I've never done that, but have I? No. <laughs> but I'll be praying and praying and praying and praying. And like it was this afternoon, I'll feel nothing. No visions, no dreams, no anointing. Just me in there shouting like a banging, clanging cymbal at my wall. My dogs are even looking at me like, what are you doing? But then I'll show up to a corporate prayer meeting. And I'll sit here in the front row and our pastor will walk in and he'll grab the microphone or he'll turn on his little headset and he'll just open his mouth and say one word. And immediately the presence of God fills that place. Immediately I'll get a vision. Immediately I'll, be I'll begin to get a prophetic word. Why? Because there's a corporate anointing that's in this place. And where the presence of God is and where he lives and where he resides, I want to be around it. I want to be in it. It's like on my way to the turkey stand. I, I just want to be dripping in it. I just want it rolling off the little bit of a beard that I got and making my bald little head shiny. I want to be around it all the time. There's a corporate anointing. Watch this. For those who choose to jump in the river and not be a hindrance to the flow, you can also flow in the same anointing that's on the house. Oh, that should get you really excited. I don't know if you've ever come to a Saturday night service and seen our pastor, but very seldom does he come in and preach a service where he doesn't prophesy over somebody. That means the next time that you're praying in your room, at your house, and you're praying for your children, as long as you're in the river and you're connected to the DNA of the house, all of a sudden your eyes can go open because you've tied in to the corporate anointing that's here. You have access to something that's very special. See, I've heard it so many times. Pastor Mike, you're really passionate when you talk about your pastor and you're real passionate about your church. Yes, I am. It's the best church and he's the best pastor. I'm a little biased, I know. But I have reasons. 
somebody say, I got a reason. Yo. See, you jump in a river, and now all of a sudden you begin to pray, and you start praying like Pastor Alex. You go, whoa, where did that come from? There's a corporate anointing. Oh, we'll get deeper into it. Don't worry. I'm just scratching the surface. Verse 5. I'm desperately running out of time. Y'all got to pray for me. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out that night, Peter was sleeping bound with two chains between two soldiers and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Seems a little excessive. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him and a light shone in the prison and struck Peter on the side and raised him up saying, arise quickly and the chains fell off of his hands. And then the angel said to him, gird yourself and tie your sandals. So he did. And he said to him, put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him and did not know that he, what was done by the angel was real, but he thought he was seeing a vision. And I wish I had the time to break that down. Because it gives you insight to how Peter's prayer life was. <laughs> okay, I'm going to keep going. But when they were past the first and the second guard post, they came to the iron gates that lead to the city, which opened to them on its own accord. Say its own accord. The gates just flung wide open. Why? Because there was constant prayer being offered up to God for him by the on. There's a corporate anointing and there's power in numbers. It changes the way that you pray. When you start lifting up the body of Christ, when you start coming against spirits of infirmity in a prayer meeting, now all of a sudden when you begin to pray in the spirit, you're in addition. You're aiding in. You're helping in. Exponentially dangerous. Y'all got to stop with that. Exponentially dangerous. That's why I love praying in the Spirit so much. Because I realize what's happening when we do it. It's why I get so encouraged and I get so blessed when we have a prayer meeting like we did this morning. And you make a lap and I take two seconds and I take a breath. And it's just all I can hear is tongues all around me and people just getting it in the realm of the spirit. I mean, I walked by this one lady and she was like, I think she was swinging a, a spiritual sword or something. And like, you might think it's weird and wonderful, but she was getting after it in the spirit. And I promise you, I promise you it's real. And in that corporate setting, there's an exponential growth that takes place. Okay. We should talk about the corporate prayer because I was really just touching on it, but Numbers 11 and verse 24, and we'll, we'll end right here with this. See, when there's a corporate anointing on the house, and again, I've said this a couple times tonight, I firmly believe that Pastor Alex has a corporate prophetic anointing on his life, without a shadow of a doubt. Pastor will not say this because he doesn't like titles. Well, he's just not about titles. It's just like, it's not what it's about. If you know my pastor, you know that's where he's at. Is that okay? The title doesn't really mean a whole lot to him, but I know he's a prophet. I receive him as a prophet. Let, maybe, maybe, whoa, whoa, whoa. maybe that's the better way for me to phrase that. I'm not going to call him something that God hasn't 
ordained or, or has ordained. So please don't, re- let me retract a statement real quick. Okay. <laughs> I receive him as a prophet. My opinion, he is my prophet. And to the level that you can perceive is the level in which you can receive. So if I perceive him as the man of God that he is, and in my eyes he is my prophet, that means I can receive from him as my. Oh, it'll get a lot more exciting tomorrow, I promise. It's foreshadowing. to the level that you perceive is the level that you receive. And if there's a corporate anointing on his life and I decide to couple myself and align myself with the DNA of my spiritual father, now all of a sudden I can flow in a similar anointing to him. Numbers 11, 24 says, so Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord, and he gathered 70 men of the elders and of the people and placed them around the tabernacle. And then the Lord came down in a cloud, and he spoke to him, and he took of the spirit that was upon him, and he placed the same upon the 70 elders. And it happened when the spirit rested upon them that they prophesied. Oh, that's really, really good news. Let me complete the sentence, though, because if we stop right there, we can get real out of order and out of control really fast because the rest of it said, although they never did so again. Oh, nobody shouted me down on that one. What happened? See, I don't want to jump ahead on anything. But we need to be careful because as I expressed earlier, we can come to a corporate prayer meeting. And I'm using that as an example because it's something many of us have experienced. And it can be dry as the Sahara Desert in your bedroom when you pray. But you can come into a corporate prayer meeting and immediately get a vision. Does that make you a prophet? No. Is it possible that you have aligned yourself with the DNA of the corporate anointing that's upon the house. And under that corporate anointing, you can flow under a similar anointing. Now, does that give us the right to stand up and just, I'm going to prophesy and give every vision and every dream that I get in a prayer meeting? No, because it's out of order. I really, I don't have time to, to minister on order. Our pastor has done a really, really good job on it. But one of the greatest things that I think is, is coming in to this next dispensation that we're stepping into is an army that is rising up, a remnant that's rising up out of the ashes that operates in rank and file, that knows their given delegated authority, understands their delegated individual anointing, understands their delegated corporate anointing, and know how to flow in each one appropriately without stepping out of their grace measure. Can I get an amen? When that happens, I promise you, we will see the greatest move of God that the face of the planet Earth has ever seen. I can say that confidently because the prophet Joel prophesied it in the book of Joel. Because we love that part where he says, the hour is coming and is near, where those who will, they will, they will sing in the spirit. You know the, you know the, you know the, 
the one, right? I'm, I'm quoting it incorrectly, and somebody's very upset with me because I am. But you know, you know the, the, the scripture I'm talking about. The hour is coming in is near when those who will, will worship him in spirit and in truth. Thank you. But we lack and forget to read the rest of it where it says that they marched in unison and in rank and file. I say that because I don't want to get everybody all hyped up and wound up about the corporate anointing and then now it's all of a sudden we come to the next prayer meeting and there's 15 people trying to stand up and give a prophecy. The reality is, is you will get a vision. You will feel the anointing. When you come to church and you worship together corporately as one body, there is an anointing in this place. But we need to operate in rank and file. I cannot tell you, I'm not saying this to puff up my own head, I'm saying it to give an example. I cannot tell you how many prayer meetings we come to in a corporate setting and Pastor Alex is praying and as he's saying the words, I'm seeing it happen seconds before it comes out of his mouth. The people that are shouting are the people that have had that happen to them as well. But I'm saying that to say this, you don't see me standing up every prayer meeting and giving a prophetic word. So when you use that delegated authority and that corporate anointing that you have connected yourself to, in the correct grace measure, you can become wildly dangerous to the enemy. We come to the house of God to be equipped, to be edified, to be built up, to be encouraged. We learn and we glean and we go through the scriptures. It's wonderful and it's amazing. We get taught, we get trained. This is like a, a, a spiritual boot camp on a Sunday morning. And then I need to go home and apply what I've learned on a Sunday in my house where I have delegated authority. See, that's where I get excited because that means that corporate prophetic anointing now resides in my house because I've connected to this house. That means when I get up in the morning, I can get a word from my wife and prophesy over my wife. Husbands, I should have got a big old amen. The ladies gave a bigger amen. It means I can tap into that spiritual protection that's corporately here so long as I choose to jump in the flow. Because we're either going with the flow or we're slowing the flow. And I never want to be a hindrance to what God's doing. I want to be an asset. And I don't really care what my title is or even my function. I recognize God as doing something and I just want to be a part of it. Whatever that is, by the grace of God, I get the opportunity to come and minister to you. But I have to be honest, years ago when I didn't have that opportunity, I was just as happy cleaning toilets. Okay, we'll, we'll leave it for tonight. I'm going to close there. Um, I hope this word has helped somebody and has blessed somebody tonight. I'm, I'm so thankful to God for this house, and I'm so thankful to God for, for the fact that he's here and that he's moving. 
that his presence is, you know, frequents this place. It's my prayer for you tonight that you would jump into the river of what God is doing here. Come on, we lay down our own opinions. We got to lay down our own, our own stuff because we get in the way all the time. And just say, God, I just want to do what you want to do. And this is where you've put me. This is where you've positioned me. And individually, I will develop what you have given me under a corporate umbrella. I need to close. Father, I give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. Lord, I thank you for what you've done in this place tonight. Father, I thank you for that corporate anointing that is upon this house. God, I thank you for the anointing that is upon our pastor. I thank you, Lord, that he has chosen to stay connected and stay connected to his covering, Lord, and how that that flows from the top on down. I give you the praise, the honor, and the glory for it. And Father, I pray in Jesus' name that everybody in this place tonight, Father, would choose to jump in the river and go with the flow of what you are doing, Father, and allow ourselves to be molded and, and, and turned into the other man. Father, help us to understand our grace measure and what we're capable of inside of that grace measure. Give us a boldness, Lord, to pray over our houses and utilize this beautiful gift that you've given the body in our own homes, Lord, in our workplaces when we're on the streets, when we're out at Publix, when we're out doing day-to-day life, Father, help us to tie into the corporate anointing that you've put here and take it out into the lost and dying world that's around us. For God, is that not what you told us to do from the very beginning? I thank you, Father. I pray that you would go with each and every person as they go and they make their ways homes tonight. Father, protect them, be with them. Let a peace that surpasses all understanding and a joy unspeakable be their portion. And I give you the praise, the honor, and the glory for it right now in Jesus' mighty and precious name. And everybody agreed and said, amen and amen. God bless you. Have a fantastic.